what's you know from your perspective like how long's too long to have an animation like where's the where's the happy you know middle ground to like a nice animation that you know causes you to feel immersed in what you're doing versus it being so taxing that you feel like well now that i've been in this animation and i have to move to the next animation uh is it taking away from that fluidity that you know i mentioned about feeling like i have a lot of control over my character and like you know i can you know easily break a cast or an animation when it's necessary to do you know to do the damage or to you know get out of you know ensure i'm not standing stupid for my raid right no we're doing that hmm. As the journey following one path came to an end, so did this chapter in the pages of their outline journey. Now they would continue along a new path, begin to catalog their stories onto the next pages. All roads led to Vera, and all roads bound their eyes to the horizon of a new dawn. Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, your dedicated and trusted Ashes of Creation podcast. Join us as we share in the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left to cinder. I'm your host, Phoenix, also known as Simorg, and I am joined by my returning Pathfinders right here. Welcome back, Daedalus. Hello, everyone. And also everybody's favorite social bunny, Faisal, buddy. How are you doing, man? Greetings. Greetings. <laughs> so, in, in short, I suppose we could say that we have... Well, this is our last live stream of 2020, our last episode of 2020, friends. And uh, hell yeah, hell yeah! Before we dig in too deep, got to give a big shout out to the home of this podcast over at AshesHQ.com, the community curated website for Ashes of Creation. Also, a shout out to all of the Imperial Flames right here in this community that support us here on Twitch, YouTube, Patreon, all the places. And uh, thanks so much for keeping this community's flames bolstering greater week after week. On to 2021, friends. We are we are moving forward, aren't we? Forward and onward. Onward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we had a live stream, didn't we? We had a live stream here recently. It was, what was it? Like, like last uh, Tuesday, right? Tuesday. Yeah. Yep. Two days ago last tuesday and uh we got to see some stuff and things um we got an outline here brought to you uh by our buddy shades who does the transcripts for the live stream that the developers do every uh every month and so there are some reminders some bullet points and of course here i'm just gonna go on ahead and start showing the video now i've got this one here if you're watching live we're just literally watching this video uh, from the beginning, but I am got, I got some marker points here. We're going to take a look and I'm going ahead and have the, let's see, we're going to skip ahead to about 30 something minutes in 36 minutes. We have the fight with the ancients. And so we'll just let that play while we're talking today, but yeah, we have a, a fight with the ancients that was showcased and, um, We'll talk about that a little bit, and I definitely think that was pretty noteworthy. Um, but I um, mean, while we got this going, so everybody, if you're watching, this is essentially the devs during this most recent Alpha One testing, and this is them um, fighting some ancients in the world of Vera during the Alpha test. And um, mm -hmm. I think that's a good starting point for us is like kind of dig in. I mean, main takeaways on that one. I got a few things, but what were the the main highlights for you all on the fight? I'm actually skip ahead a little further for those of you watching here. Hmm. I guess for okay. me, I mean, it was good to see some mechanics. I mm -hmm. mean, obviously, you know, the the boss was tuned for a much larger raid. So it was a little bit of a slog for them to kind of get it through. But it was nice to see this different kinds of mechanics like mm -hmm. ground effects and knockbacks and other things. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, definitely. And I think one of the other things that was, I thought was really cool is there's crystals on the ground that sap mana. So it really felt like class utility was important there. So the, you know, mage class giving mana over 
I mean, that was, you know, something we learned from the Mage video that came out this week too, right? Is that they had an ability to grant mana to classes. So that mm -hmm. felt like a really cool thing for them to be able to kind of, again, bring class utility into a fight in addition to just, you know, class, you know, damage and tanking and healing. There mm -hmm. was another layer to that too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What about you, Faze? Um... I, I thought the fight was really nice. As as uh, Daedalus was saying, the the mechanics of the fight was really really nice. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't intended for this small amount of uh, number of people, but um, it felt like we actually finally saw how a small raid boss fight would be, or or like a dungeon boss would would look like, and how they would perform. Um, the only criticism that I have, though, is I thought the crystals were small and you would barely notice them in the fight. Mm -hmm. um, like, you would see them, but you have to actually collide to them, which in an MMO, you barely move a lot as mages or cleric. The only people that move when fighting a boss is tanks and fighters. Um, so hitting these crystals were... Not a lot. Um, I think it should be bigger, maybe, or the zone where it corrupts, like an AOE that blasts maybe from time to time, suck your mana, that could work as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I definitely noticed with this particular uh, encounter, uh, compared to the dragon that we've actually seen, the animations on these ancients were really good, I thought. I thought that yeah. the, the hover looked really good. The like flight over. I mean, they just, I mean, yeah, you know, we, we did see during the 24 hour, like live stream that they did, we did get to see that they had been working on, you know, the ancients and they showcase like the little imagery for us. But, um, yeah, I was actually surprised at the color of like the, um, the energy, whatever it is that they're harnessing that was like kind of in their chest was actually purple and not like the, that like orange, red, amber sort of like color that we've seen with corruption in the past. Um, so mm -hmm. yeah, as I was like, I was watching this, I thought the animations looked really good. I mean, compared to the dragon fight that we've seen, I actually thought that, yeah. the, that this fight was, uh, I don't know, just well, well way more polished in mm -hmm. comparison. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, it was really interesting to see because they were using GM hacks. And I saw a comment in chat said would have been a lot better if they turned off the GM cheats, made it really unfair. No one was um, no one is going to have them. Yeah, I mean, no one's going to have the GM cheats. I think I think the reason, though, that they were be using that was because of the fact this was very clearly meant for a much larger scale fight, like with way more hmm. people. Um, it. I don't know, man. How many how many people do you think it would have taken to actually complete this? I mean, they were Oof. saying it was tuned for forty people, right? So this is a forty yeah. man raid right here for these world bosses. Jeez, man. Yeah, forty. It seemed like it'd have to be at least like twenty to thirty from my perspective, just looking at it. But yeah, that's nice to know that they said forty. There were a lot of really funny <laughs> lulls too, like a lot of knockbacks where the people were getting you know slapped around. <laughs> Like it basically was getting like a lot of knockbacks. It was pretty, it was pretty humorous. I think at one point Steven got completely knocked off the top of that, that ledge and like all the way down into like the water. And it was just, it was pretty humorous to see that. Yeah. My favorite part of that was when he was like, Oh, look at these uh, tide breakers. They're so friendly. And like, no, they're not friendly. And he starts running off because they're beating mm. on him and knocking him down. <laughs> that, that was definitely the, a wall factor to 27. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, like really though, compared to the dragon fight that we've seen and um, you know, e even, even I can say, I can say that I've I've done that, right? I can say that because I was in the video they put on YouTube. So I, I'm clear. We, we could talk about it. I was looking at this and I was comparing it to my own experience in that dragon fight. This is way smoother, man. Just by looking at it, I can tell how much smoother. Because there's like a bunch of ads that you get during the dragon fight 
that they were like kind of like not the eight. I don't know. It seemed like they weren't really quite tracking things accurately. Like there was like something going on with the, you know, they weren't really on point with their uh, attention. Like they were kind of chasing you around, but they weren't maybe where they should be or they were kind of stuttering or they were kind of confused on where they should be looking, you know, and the dragon itself, you know, even, even kind of that happened. Some the dragon fight, Mm. it was pretty big. Don't get me wrong. It was pretty big and it was fun, but this fight mechanic wise looks far more interesting to me because of all of the different uh, mechanics that are playing out that you can watch. I just want to understand Look at the ancients, dude. That big. I was talking about this this week, dude. The thing that that caught me the most that I was like from an aesthetic standpoint as I was looking at this, I was watching those ancients and I was like, dude, look at that cavity in their chest. You could see through them. Mm-hmm. There were like True. empty cavities in parts of their bodies. And then you would see them like gathering energy and like in its chest, you just had the light kind of shining out. I mean, right here, if you're watching this live you saw that just a moment ago right so mm-hmm. yeah animations look really great uh the mechanics look really great it, it doesn't look like it's super easy it looks like you got to be very mindful i saw a lot of the you know the the parts that they're really focusing on which is you know not using dps meters not making it all about the numbers and staring at this like meter and whether or not you're you know hitting your parse but instead more about like the encounter and the mechanics of the encounter that you'd have to be cautious about and mindful about in terms of situational awareness. And I think that plays out really well when you see, you see him get knocked back a bunch or, you know, uh, but it was this really interesting fight to watch. Um, I do want to hit on some points. So I just wanted to say thank you too, because I forgot to hit on this in the beginning of the show, but shout out to whoever it was. Someone gave us a five star review over on iTunes. Didn't leave a comment, so I can't read it. But I want to say thanks a lot for whoever that was. Greatly appreciated. Um, if you'd like to help contribute, I'd like to maybe hit another couple five-star reviews by the end of the year, which is like here in the next week or something. So if you all can and you haven't already, please run over there. Give it a five-star review. Show us some love. Leave a comment if you wish. We'll read it on the next show in the new year. Um, also, you can call in at one five three nine six six four six eight zero one. And uh, leave us a message to play here on the show. I missed those in the beginning, but want, didn't want to uh, forget about those. Um, yeah, so that fight's pretty great. It was really a, it was a lot of fun to look at that. And um, you know, there was also a lot of additional space on the map that people could explore. Um, we can touch on that in just a moment here. Um, but any final thoughts about this fight specifically before I hit on some of these reminders and quick up, quick updates from the live stream? Um, I mean, I just, again, I, I just like the fact that there was a lot of class utility there. I mean, there was regen that was a factor, I mean, in there too. So the interrupts needed to be done. Mm -hmm. Movement needed to happen. Um, I know like most of the time as casters, you know, we tend to get used to being immobile, right? Um, I like the mm-hmm. fact that everybody in this fight had to be mobile. Um, and there was still like opportunities to kind of do your thing and then mm-hmm. step out. Now, granted, the GM hacks, maybe you didn't, you didn't see that as much because a lot of people were standing in the fire. But, uh, but it was nice to be able to see kind of some movement and still be able to kind of mm-hmm. go back and forth between like as a mage, uh, melee, spell you know bob and weave that kind of thing yeah right on yeah this fight is pretty interesting so i'm gonna hit on some of the uh i'm gonna hit on some of the reminders that they put out okay we're kind of in this weird situation because generally we kind of they kind of end a month you know and then the next cosmetics kind of roll out but this part of the year is a little a little different specifically because a lot of the team and the devs, they, they get vacation, like they get some vacation time off, um, rightly so. And uh, generally we get like cosmetics uh, swaps around like the fifth or so, like the first week or whatever of, of the next month. But we're not going to be getting the next set of uh, cosmetics. They are scheduled for January 13th, but they're not going to be as early as they usually are. Um, there has not currently been an announcement of what they are. Um, I'm probably going to assume in the next like week or so, we'll probably see, see that. But, um, 
monthly cosmetic swap over in regard to the under the frost items scheduled for january 13th at 11 a.m pst um also the upcoming dev discussions for next year um will be boss difficulty guilds one we've hit on before daily login rewards and more uh the journey to alpha one choose your own adventure series on the intrepid studios socials via twitter facebook discord etc will continue next year as well um there were some quick updates um they had wrapped up the alpha one test right and there was a it was basically a huge studio milestone for them of course they shared that and we also got the what was it the uh the mage which by the way did you notice on the mage video that there was something missing guys i caught it we caught it here what what <clears throat> what <laughs> there's nine skills we saw eight. They left out Gift of the Magi. And then another person caught that the that the actual icon for one of the, I think it was for the lightning, was actually like a sword icon. So it was like pretty funny. I was like, we were like watching that. It was like, yo, look at that. I actually did not realize that. Yeah. I didn't realize that either. Well, you see, since I do work on Ashes HQ, I go and I what I do is I go to the video of the classes and I go through and I do a little snippet of the skill being used. And showcasing the name at the bottom, right? And so as I was going through and I was doing that, I was going through and I was like, um, where's the where's the ninth one? Like we had with the cleric video. Where's the gift of the magi, man? Like wasn't anywhere on there, man. And so I've got to go through this ancient video probably and do a little snippet off of that showing the the skill <laughs> effect. But I was like, dude, it, yeah, my my OCD. I was just sitting there, I was like, why you do this? Why? Why do you leave this out? Why? Because <laughs> they could. Like, I think OCD they just. Kicking in. OCD 100% was kicking in, dude. And I was just like, no. Oh. Well, dude. we should consider giving uh, Sim a red t shirt for, for <laughs> no, noticing that's missing now. <laughs> a red t shirt? Why red? Because, dude, do you guys not know the tale of the red t shirt guy in World of Warcraft? Oh, my God. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so this dude does anybody listening or watching like do you all know the story of the red t-shirt guy from world of warcraft no oh well sit down for a moment and story time with sim here i'll tell you so basically every single blizzcon there's this guy this dude's there like every year like clockwork right yeah. hardcore world of warcraft player like hardcore loves the game the knows the lore like he plays this game he lives it and every blizzcon they have like a dev q a and during the dev q a uh people from the audience who are at blizzcon can actually come up and they can get in line they can ask questions and this dude always comes up and he he usually asks some pretty pretty good questions and it's usually about mm -hmm. stuff you don't really expect him to you know somebody to ask about like hey Whenever you were, you know, like jotting down this story and you went through like, well, what about this little piece here? Like, can you explain this to me? And something just you don't expect. And the dude is detailed. And so it's funny because every year he's always got a question. And it's like it's almost a tradition now at every BlizzCon that like red T-shirt guy gets up and he asks his question. And everybody's like, oh, red T-shirt guy had his question. In. Oh, God. That's kind of that's kind of the story of Red T-shirt guy. You're probably going, that doesn't sound that epic. And I'm like, you just have to be there or like see it to understand. It's funny. It's a good time. But um, they put him in the game. <laughs> they made a character just for him. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So I mean, I don't know that I would aspire to be Red T-shirt guy, but I appreciate that you thought of it, Basil. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. So Intrepid Studios will be closing for the remaining of 2020 until 4th of January, 2021. Um, additional hiring round of 30 team members will start from January, 2021. And the next creative director's letter will be around the 7th of January of 2021. So the first week of January or the first, you know, full week of January is actually going to, it seems like, be a pretty good week. We're going to get the creative director's letter. Um, they're going to be starting some hiring. Um, they'll be back to work. And right now they're kind of MIA. So don't, don't really expect to see a whole lot from the team right now. Understandably so. Um, but yes. The 
Alpha 1 map size was around 70 square kilometers. Pretty significant. And yeah. Yeah, it was pretty significant. And I am hoping they got a lot of what they needed tested, tested, and the data they need collected, and the changes mm -hmm. that they can be making, you know, added to the game. Because obviously, right now, we're in this phase of like, it's no, it's no, and you can't, you can't watch it. It's still NDA. So no one's streaming it, no one's sharing it. They shouldn't be anyway, right? And until we get to that point, this is like the crunch time, man. This is like really working hard to iron out the specific details, the specific elements that really need to be polished, that really need to be able to handle a lot of people playing it because they, they want to showcase this game. When it comes time to showcase it for all the people playing, you know, you really don't want it, You don't want that to look bad. You don't want the, there to be an issue. Um, with it, you know, you don't want there to be like these game breaking situations happening. So, you know, I'm sure that they're they're probably under a lot of stress to really get the work done. Um, but based on what Steven shared in the last live stream, it sounds like they they all seemed quite happy with the data they collected. So that was really good to hear. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know, it's good when you don't hear, hey, we had this, you know, fundamental problem that we encountered. We didn't hear that. That's a positive. Um. <laughs> I'm being like, zzz, hmm. <laughs> can't confirm or not. I don't even know what that means, but yeah, okay. Um, so look at this. So we've got uh, they're moving moving towards a full dynamic node system, where each node will be able to pull from a large number of different layouts. That will be available later as the art team creates more. For this test, there was only one layout thus building a character for each node as it levels by pulling different houses, buildings, and different. So I'm actually curious what they mean by layouts. Have you thought about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think in general what they're wanting to do is not make each node look a uh, cookie cutter. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. they're just kind of playing with, kind of think of it like maybe like a randomly generated dungeon, but in terms of like a town. So there's different assets that they can pull from depending on what race contributes the most, right? That was a thing that they talked about and just different ways you can get to things. I think it'll be interesting to see how that plays out um, mm -hmm. in the game, right? Because as nodes get built up now, you're going to have to really kind of figure out, okay, what does certain buildings look like if I'm in a particular node and want to find something? Yeah. So it, I, I do like it. Um, it does, kind of provide a little more immersion to say okay hey this is a brand new town so it's in a sense you know unique um from the rest uh yeah. so yeah that, that's interesting i would like to see how many at the end of the day how many configurations or layouts are actually going to build in mm -hmm. to be able to do that and if you're going to ever notice or get the same one twice i from the looks of it maybe not that's what their intent is but yeah it's a really cool idea that they're implementing I, th I think it's a really cool idea, and I think there's two ways of doing it. It's either they make the towns, design it all themselves, which I don't think that's the approach they're going for. But uh, I think what they might be going for is design the buildings themselves and make it randomly generated, as they've said. Maybe position it differently, uh, combine different buildings uh, to others, if that's even possible, I'm not sure. Um, and yeah, I think that's what it means. Like it's supposed to be unique to the sense of you not entering to the same town again. Mm -hmm. That's the gist of it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. There's also the other element too, because when we see a lot of the representation of how the nodes, uh, overlap and the zones of influence tend to work, you know, that enmeshment of the different, uh, you know, circles, essentially, we have to keep something in mind, like we see the circles and how they overlap and a lot of the diagrams people have been using. But you got to keep in mind, the zones of influence are not symmetrical necessarily. They're they're not. I mean, the shapes are very different, like they're not all the same shape, maybe even not the same, you know, amount of space that they might cover. 
I mean, so you got to think when you think about nodes, like they, you know, they're not meant to be the exact cookie cutter kind of thing, um, just in shape right. and the zone of influence alone. So it makes sense to me that when you, when I hear like the different, um, the different layouts, you know, I think about like not only the variation like Faisal and like they are talking about, but I think also about just like how the space is going to be occupied for the node. And then also what's the terrain on the node? Like, how's that terrain utilized? Um, how civilization build around that terrain? So you have like the variation in what will even exist. Um, then I think you, you've got the variation in like how that's going to adapt to the terrain within the node zone of influence. Um, and then you got to take into account like cultural perspectives too, because then there's like, okay, well, let's say that in this zone, it becomes, I mean, this is just me thinking, uh, maybe outside the box a little bit, but when I think about the different, uh, races of Vera and how those races impact the way that these nodes will evolve and look and appearance as well. Um, I also wonder, you know, about something as simple as like a pat, like a patrol, for example, um, of like a mob or of some, I don't know, sentries or something. Right. And like, maybe they're, they're pathing a road or something like that. Well, like, where's the road in the zone of influence and, and, you know, what kind of uh, a pat do you see? Also, they got the world bosses and you've got like the dungeons and things like that. So, I mean, how much variation are we going to see in that in terms of, you know, within a specific node itself? Um, you know, because in my mind, if each world is going to have the, let me backtrack. When I say world, I mean the alternate realities that will exist in this world that we're playing in, which is the different servers. Mm -hmm. Like the most, the mm -hmm. best part is, is the potential for variety and the greater meta story that we all get to put together as a result of these different servers or, or as we kind of like framework that these alternate realities of the same planet, the same universe that we're all playing in. Um, mm. So I kind of like think big like that and wonder how, how they organize the layout for a node and how that will create such a big difference from one server to the next, potentially. I, the nodes really are the foundational piece for so much of this game, you know? Yeah. Freehold space too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see just kind of on your point around terrain is like if they're really looking to keep nodes in kind of unique areas like, you know, not just, you know, weather kind of biome type stuff, mm -hmm. but also like mountains and so on. I mean, obviously there's going to be coastal nodes, but be interesting to see how a mountain node would play out if they had something like that, like for a a dwarven city if you could really kind of build out a dwarven city in the mountain i think that would be pretty yeah yeah to be able to do for sure uh, another thing that they mentioned that i feel like is really at least for me the theory crafter and he's like oh info coming soon man combat revamp will not be present until probably march but that is not that far away mm -hmm. i mean I'm kind of wondering how they're planning to change combat. I know that they're listening to the community a lot. Right. Um, I mean, I guess it's a good question though, you know, based on what you all have seen or experienced that you can talk about, if you can talk about it, but more importantly, based on what we know and what we've seen so far, what would you like to change about the combat? If you had a choice or preference based on what you know, I mean, I do like like the idea of the combat now. I mean, I'm not. I do like the fact that I can kind of go in as like a caster, kind of a light armor, and kind of melee, and that be kind of a way for me to kind of still be active in combat. But I would like to see um, some more um, targetable skills that aren't like that are more freeform um, versus just like. A, you know, a tab target type. Um, so being able to kind of place uh, an area of effect spell somewhere, I would like, you know, some cone abilities. I'd like some point blank abilities just to kind of switch it up, um, just to kind of get some variety there. Mm -hmm. uh, that would, I think that would make it more fun for me just to be able to see that, you know, play and, you know, for different types of classes is, 
how you navigate the space um, and and leverage you know the area of effect of your spell whether that be like a point blank whether that be like a cone or some sort of radius or something that you're placing that kind of thing i think would be nice to be able to see the different things um mm -hmm. like template stuff yeah template stuff thank you yeah that, that's a good way to put it <laughs> yeah i feel like template elements to combat are tricky too like you really gotta like the place template is like super you know we, we've seen this in so many different games yeah like uh you know it's like uh you got the hunters like uh maybe they've got like some sort of uh arrow drop that they drop i'm mean, trying to think of like arrow barrage or something uh you know, where like they aim upwards and they shoot a bunch of arrows and it comes down in this like template or the hell of arrows. Hell of arrows, there you go. Thank you. Barrage is usually more like straight to the face, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Arrow barrage. Like barrage. Yeah, arrow barrage is usually more of like I couldn't think of the word, dude. I'm sorry. Rain from the heavens, drop the arrows on the yeah, I mean my inner pal. You could have said that. I, I, that's a good that's a good point. I could have just been like, Y'all know that spell when you're like rain arrows from the heavens and not all right. Sorry. <laughs> Master Mo Man Amagus was uh I think he was starting to remind me. <laughs> Moving on. What's it called? I I think they will change anything. It would be the animations of the spells. Like you have your basic spells, then you have your complex spells. The basic spells is like, let's yeah. say the mage's fireball. They have to jump in the air, then throw their fireball. If you put like five mages next to each other, you can literally make a horse race of just them casting fireballs. <laughs> You'd see them jump in the air each one as they move forward. It's really hilarious. Um, but like, and and I think they should lower down down on those animations a little bit more simplistic. Mm. Um, to the sense of yes, throw the fireball, but without the whole jumping. I know that they want to make it look extravagance but it's a simple spell and the simple spell should be yeah i've heard feedback on the on the fireball ability uh, from other people yeah. in my own community they've been talking about like you know just like it seems like the animation's too long and it's for a fireball mm -hmm. so yeah. um other than that if they want to cast me meteors from the heavens um they can make it as long as they they want because it's an op spell and blast people away i'm i'm cool with that. like i do i do like to some degree get the the like animation for spells and everything i feel like it probably ties into like their design pillars of combat and how they want things to be more focused on just the mechanics like you know if you see your enemy whether it's an npc or it's a player like preparing to cast something that you can interrupt it but yeah mm. I, I still go back to some spells don't necessarily need to have very long cast times or like animations behind it. Um, I feel like animations are something that are pretty tricky though, too. Um, Cause even from, from my mm -hmm. own mind, if you're not cautious, if, if there's a lot of animations, um, I don't know, man, it's, it kind of feels like you're locked into a whole lot of the, the fluidity element of combat, which yeah. is the fluidity yeah. element. Yeah. So which uh, is like, yeah, go, go on. Go I on. think I understand what you mean yeah. when when you say fluidity because right now it's very fluid. You you're able to move and you can feel that. Mm -hmm. But if they wanted to simmer it down, they have to ch like change that animation to a bar which says channeling, mm -hmm. and you channel that fireball and and you throw it, which basically mm -hmm. makes it less fluid and more solid state. Yeah. Um, I can see. Well, what do you talk about combat? And they want to play with the risk and reward element mm -hmm. of it. And and they basically want you to be, okay, if you're going to cast something as a mage, you have a time frame for tanks, rogues, any other person who has a CC wants to stun your ass. Yeah. Which is, which is uh, not that easy to do. I don't expect them to have a solution instantly because <laughs> yeah. it's not easy to balance 
Yeah, you know, yeah. mages can blink too, so they can just blink away. Yeah, that is true. Um, and I would say too, with the the mage animation, I was kind of thinking about it. Um, I don't know if I have my timing right, but just looking from the video and the casting and thinking of like my mage in say WoW, I mean, I don't think the fireball cast time is that much shorter on like a World of Warcraft type of tab target than it is in Ashes. Come yeah. to think of it. So I think people are just probably more concerned about the animation locking of it. Um, yeah. And that's, I guess that's what stood out to me um, kind of just from the watching the videos. And one thing I didn't, I just kind of thinking of mage spells too. And um, some of the talk in chat, I think was really, on point about hey maybe they're making it more visible to really tell what class is you know out there so you can see like a bunch of mages jumping up oh wait we got to go target the mages now so it makes the that's kind of again that risk reward thing you were talking about yeah and then one of the other things that i didn't notice in um in the mage video um but i know they had it in like an alpha zero which i know we can verbally talk about Mm -hmm. is i didn't see any type of real rooting spell other than like maybe like the black hole had like a little yeah. bit of ct to it yeah but i know there was some sort of ice spell that you had before to root people in place yes so i'm wondering when that comes into play obviously it's it's not in the one to ten mm -hmm. at this point right. but be interested to see again risk reward am i able to as a mage like root somebody so I can get off a few fireballs before they come charging at me and, and I can blink away. So how how is that going to interplay in terms of combat? Mm -hmm. So that's I would like to see a little bit more CC in the combat too and make CC relevant again. I think that's that would be nice to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, man, there's like so many points I go on here. Like on the on the terms of like you know, CCing, we know stun locking's not a thing in this game. Praise the sandal, yeah. right? <laughs> Seriously, dude. I just I miss when just stun locking wasn't the the thing that every game does, man. It's like seriously. It's so it just yeah, not not my jam, man. I, I love the fights where I do like longer fights. I like the fights that go on a little bit longer. You know, where like you're quite literally you, you can CC, but there's other things that you have to actually look at managing, for example, like your resource management, your cooldowns, when you have to actually pay attention to those things and you don't just have like the one button. There are plenty of plenty of games out there you can play right now where you can click one button and spam that one button and you can demolish people because of all this other stuff that just kind of auto autos for you. I won't say anything, but. My point is, is that like, you know, when you think about animations that have like cast times, like Faisal had mentioned earlier, like I am a, I totally think there are skills that should have like longer cast times. And there are ones that will hit like a truck and you better be careful because if you're not cautious and you get hit by that, you don't interrupt it. The, the risk is that thing might, you know, you might get nuked. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you know, that to me is a risk reward situation, but to have like a longer animation for something that maybe is more of like an instant cast spell that doesn't really have like, you know, could be an instant cast spell, like a fireball. Um, you know, you can give it a cooldown, but make it instant cast, right? You can do a lot of different things with, with certain skills like that. Um, mm. without there being a big animation. So I think that the, one of the questions I would want to ask the, the people that watch, listen to the show or the people here, you know, watching right now would be, What's, you know, from your perspective, like how long's too long to have an animation? Like where's the, where's the happy, you know, middle ground to like a nice animation that, you know, causes you to feel immersed in what you're doing versus it being so taxing that you feel like, well, now that I've been in this animation and I have to move to the next animation, uh, is it taking away from that fluidity that, you know, I mentioned about feeling like I have a lot of control over my character and like, you know, I can, you know, easily break a cast or an animation when it's necessary to do, you know, to do the damage or to, you know, get out of, you know, ensure I'm not standing stupid for my raid. Right. Don't want to be doing that. Hmm. So there's a lot of different, like, you know, factors to take into account, I think, but, um, yeah. Yes. 
Indeed. And I think like I think you can only know for sure when you actually test the game. Yeah. Because once you put it in like you, you can test the name, like put out the numbers very easily, but sure. you won't actually yeah. know if it's good true. or bad until you test it. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah, it's like theory crafting, um, man, you know? Yeah. When you theory craft, like, dude, this is the thing that you face as a theory crafter, right? When you're theory crafting a build, like I'm, you know, I'm working on a build right now. And when I'm working on that build, as I'm going through it, like on paper, like in my mind, the numbers can look great. The skills, the set bonuses can look nice. The cooldowns, the, the, you know, the support abilities there to help my group or like you know things that are gonna help me to maintain my resources or mitigate damage or to buff my damage or whatever so there's all these elements that you come into into play when you're thinking like well here's my focal point here's that focal point this is what i here's how i want to function with this build and you build around that and then you put on all the gear you go you do your thing and you're like this feels as as daedalus the word he likes he's janky it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel fluid. It, it doesn't feel like things are popping off in time. And I know it says that there's a cooldown for this and this, but these aren't really popping and activating. And it doesn't feel like it synergizes well. Sometimes you just don't know until you're in there doing it. So, yeah, testing's just like that. Playing a playing mm -hmm. a class in a game's just like that for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's look at. Let's move on. Look, look at the too uh, many possibilities, man. My yeah, I could go. I could do this bad. stuff all day. I, I was like, oh, let's take a hard turn because if I stay and like focus on talking about the crafting, that's the entire episode right there. And yeah, we are focusing on. We got another five minutes here on this, so we're gonna look at assets, 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 assets. We'll start with the bunk beds. We'll go ahead and go through this and let these just play on through from their live stream. As they were showing okay. them. Which I don't know that. Always is. respect the bunk, buddy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let me let me move this to about 119 so y'all can kind of see this stuff. But. All right. Cool. There we go. Perfect. So they're going through uh, housing kind of decor items, right? They're showing off some of the decor items. They had, you know, more dwarven stuff. The more dwarven stuff mm -hmm. we see, the better. I mean, little bunk beds and tables and things like that. We end up getting to see the uh, the fox. The fox of the pyre cosmetic will be coming up here in a little bit. That was beautiful. I mean, that thing is, oof, man, that one, that one looks really, really nice, man. It really does. It came, it turned out real well. Um, I love, I love the art style so much. My father's building a house currently. Once it's finished, I'm going to take a lot of designs and try to make them myself because how cool it looks. <laughs> I'm taking so much inspiration from this. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Uh, that's so funny. Yeah. If you get married in it's, a game it's... and you have bunk beds, someone is going to get a divorce. <laughs> 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 better be a king bed in the master bedroom or I want to do it yeah man they, they, they really did showcase a lot of new assets you know and man they move from assets to renders they go from concept art to you know to these these rendered and then they have the animated renders for a lot of these different things um obviously bunk beds and stuff like that you're not gonna see any animated stuff for these you might end up seeing them i feel like we've seen so much of the dwarven stuff that like i feel like it's just a matter of time right now before we actually see them walking around in like a dunier city and in these like furnished homes will yeah, you still cool. will you still get your bed buff if it's bunk beds i believe you will I believe you get I get it, but the but the um the buffs are different, I think, based on bed and whether you sleep with yeah, anyway. Are these are all the furniture here are confirmed to be Dunier? Um 
I don't know that they all were junior. I think maybe some of those were. They have to like the tables, the tables, and the first bed. I don't know, man, because I remember them saying that that was a junior. Now you're now you're yeah, making because, me question myself a little bit. Because it doesn't look like Dunier because they're following the classical look. Even if you look at one of the tables or chairs, mm-hmm. you get to see they're taking the classic art style, 18th century uh, styles. Mm-hmm. So, um, what do you think? Maybe Imperian? Maybe. <laughs> maybe empyrean why well, I, I feel like someone i feel like one of them had said when we were, i was looking at the bunk beds with the ladder that it was like a dwarven one but it looks different from from the other you know furniture we've seen yeah i mean some of it's more delicate and some of it feels like a little sturdier so i mean yeah i i could go either way on yeah. on this the bunk beds i could probably you could probably get away with it being dwarven so. denier, maybe yeah, I don't think but, like the tables were. No, mm. they, they seem just way too delicate. Or the chair it looked like looked like like elven furniture, <laughs> light and prestigious, right? Mm-hmm. You got the like, trolls, the new troll designs too. Yeah, those were cool. I like those. You know what else we saw? Saw some Funny renders armor. for mm-hmm, Dunier cloth and plate models. We also got to see the Corvid Castigator cosmetic. That's that. That's that one. That's like uh, it's like feathered, sort of like black feathered cloak or something almost, and it has like a hood. It was one of the monthly cosmetics, which I'm pretty sure I picked that one up. So I saw that and I was like, "That looks cool. I can dig it." I love the mask on it. I think is really mm, neat. Yeah, it's, it's legit. Like, very ranger like. Mm-hmm. Got a noble warrior T pose, which is the rhino, which we'll see here in a little bit on stream. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, with the time we've got left, I want to hit up some of the Q and A stuff. Um, so they talked about uh, can we guild invite across Vera, or do characters have to be close to one another? And they said that you will be able to invite across Vera either through your guild interface or a chat command. So that was good to hear because, you know, in some games, you got to like, you know, walk up to somebody and be like, let me click on you and then let me right click on your, you know, your nameplate. That's taken me back, like from the original (laughs) MMOs where you're like, where can we meet so I can add you to friends? Yeah. It's like, yeah, can you meet me in the village right by the tree when you first leave the starting base over there? It has a name. Uh uh Castamaga uh, I don't know how to say this. Is that Elvish or is that No? No one has a got it. Okay. Can you just meet me by the first tree? Yeah, and you're just like and then you run up to him, you're like, How do I do this? You're like, Hold on a second. I know it like and in like, you know, some games like survival games, you got like Ark, for example, you got to like run up to somebody like face to face and you got to like interact with them, send them an invite. They have to go. They have to interact with you and accept it. And you're like, well, like work, work smarter, not harder. Right. That's my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> this one was good, too. When you're adding someone as a friend, are you adding their character or their account? That's a big question because some games you add their account and you're you, like Elder Scrolls Online, perfect example. It's account name, you add their account, you've got them on your friends list no matter what character they're on, right? I I like that. It's super, you know, convenient and user-friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, right here, character, there might be a separate functionality through the website or launcher to add an account, but this has not been determined yet. This is one of those things where I'm going, I really hope they do that. Because it's so tedious to have to add every single character someone's on to your friends list. I feel like that's kind of a way. Some things in the past I think are great to have here in the present. Like, um, oh, I don't know, calendars in game. But that, that adding every character somebody has, like, you know, 
Like if I've got my buddy and I want to go run around, I'm like, I don't want to have, and he's like, hold on, let me hop on my mage. I don't want to be like, all right, hold on. Let me add your mage real quick. And then do that for every single character they make. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. and you just got this cluster of like friends on your friends list. And it can kind of make it a little difficult to be like, well, who is that again? Like, you know, if someone hasn't been online in a while and you see them on there and you're like going through and you're kind of, I don't know, but the person could also make the argument of if I want to make a character just to play solo if you want true fair like so, i don't want people to know so if i'm like so if you basically ever see a character running around the game called get dusted that's not me <laughs> <laughs> you know if i was <laughs> i may or may not i may or may not have a character in a game somewhere with that name i can't confirm or deny if that's the case though <laughs> Well, I know, so I know people, somebody who could confirm or deny whether I do, but uh, yeah. <laughs> well, some somebody in chat, uh, artillery three D, um, thought of yeah. He had a, a good comment about you know maybe the thought is like by character, you know, you might have like spies, so you, you want to kind of only allow people to add your characters, so because you want to keep the other one on the DL. I don't know. Well, I mean, citizenship is by account, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. I off the top of my head so that that may or may not work but that yeah could possibly be a reason too um but yeah privacy i think is probably going to be a big one i could go either way on this um i I like the idea of adding an account but i'd also like the idea of maybe being able to log on as private yeah or like offline appear offline that have that option um, cause I think that sometimes, you know, you just might want to, you know, grind or you're doing something with, you know, some other friends and you just want to kind of chill and then have to be kind of paying, Hey, can you help me do X, Y, Z? So it'd be nice. Wouldn't the guild name still show though? No. That's character as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, if I'm playing dirty, which I'm not confirming or deny if I, if I am playing dirty, <laughs> I'm not going to confirm or deny if I'm ever going to have a character that runs around and plays with dirty. I can't do that. Right. Yeah. You know? Simply dirty confirmed. <laughs> I cannot confirm or deny. Look, man, there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> I'm just going to see like a character called Get Dusted and one called Dust Me. Like basically dust me is the one that just wants to get punished for all of his crimes and get dusted is the one that wants to run around and just like, you know, punish, I guess. What are the crimes Mm -hmm. of said character? That's the real question, isn't it, friends? (laughs) Yo, shout out to coffee drinker in chat for the five gifted subs, man. Much love, dude. Really appreciate that. Nice. Thanks, buddy. Uh, Look, I was talking to my lady, man, Mel, the other day, and uh, I was like... I mean, look, sometimes, sometimes you just, when you, when you bathe in the light all the time, sometimes you just want to run around on a character and just kind of be, you know, sometimes you just kind of want to be a little criminal or, or something. Sometimes you want to be kind of bad. Sometimes you want to run, you want to run around, you want a thief, you know, you want to like push your limits with the guards or. You know, stuff, other stuff, which I can't confirm or deny if I would ever engage in that other stuff. But <laughs> sometimes you just kind of want to be bad. And when you're a light bringer, sometimes you got to have the death bringer or death dealer or wait a minute, uh, the dark prince. I don't know. Sometimes you just want to be bad and you don't want there to be a fallout. So, I mean, you know, yeah, I get it. I get it. I, I, I like account name stuff, but at the same time, look, it, people, look, you guys have given me enough of a hard time this entire year about the red lights behind me. Are you surprised? Really, you can only, you only have yourselves to blame. That's all I can say. Well, what do you mean? <laughs> the corruption is real. No, it's not. Wait, what color is that again? No, it's not. It's not, it's not, it's not. It's fine. It's fine. Is, is, is Stephen spanking your your behind so much that you went corrupted and you're seeking out revenge? Is that what it is? 
All I know is if I log into the game the first day and I actually can't loot on my character. <laughs> Stay tuned, I guess. Other questions that were here. <laughs> Other questions that were here. Uh, in regards to the Guild Wars, Will guilds and alliances have the option for permanent or long-lasting wars with other guilds and alliances, or will the guild war system only allow for shorter objective-based conflicts? There won't be permanent wars. There will be victory conditions applied to each war instance, and those will vary across the universe depending on their respective guilds, levels, and assets, which we've talked about. Because node war, or gold, sorry, guild wars, when you have things like uh, fortresses, for example, you have you can have a guild hall. You can also have like guild fortresses, and Mm -hmm. a big element to like how the wars specifically play out you have to keep in mind is it depends on like how notable or prestigious a guild is if they're a guild that's accomplished a lot they're probably going to have a much more fortified guild hall you might see a fortress there might be certain things that they have to help you know protect their their guild hall so but they also have talked a lot about how whenever you have these declaration periods that they're not going to be like, they're going to be during peak times. They're going to be during like normal times. They're not going to be like four in the morning when people are like, I lost yeah. all my shit. Cause I had to sleep for work the next day. So that stuff's not going to happen. But, um, <clears throat> there was some mm -hmm. stuff around node sieges and stuff. Not really going to hit on that though. Um, this one I wanted to hit on, but I, I agree with where they came from on it. And so I'm going to read it real quick. Will every race have their own style of combat in terms of animations. The answer was we'd love to do that, something that they've kind of wanted to do, but we would need several hundred animators to make that happen. But there will be racial abilities, which will uh, key into the class you choose, and there will be some distinct racial flares, but we will have to reuse the animations as much as possible due to cost and deadlines. So I've always reflected on that as one thing to keep in mind is we're just trying to get to a good, solid game launch where it's successful, the game's thriving, things are going great. Think about all the games you've played that are MMORPG specifically. Mm -hmm. And think about how many times they come back and they rework animations, they rework all kinds of things. Because at the point, in that point in the game, it's thriving, it's doing well. So I'm hoping this happens. But one other sidebar to this is to keep in mind, friends, that we have skill effects and augments that will impact the way things look as well outside of just the animations. Right. So while the animations may look similar, augmentation later can modify that, uh, whether you're talking mm -hmm. about religious orders, etc. Also, even the Kickstarter backers, remember? They unlocked the Kickstarter skill variants. That was actually unlocked as a one of the, um, what do you call it? The extension. Uh, uh, stretch goals. Thank you, stretch goals. Stretch goals, yeah. Words. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so I think that's it's really good to keep in mind. I'm, I mean, there's like, I even know some people that are like, oh, is this game going to have voice acting? They're like, no. They're like, damn. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but that costs a lot of money too. That does. It costs, uh -huh. a, it costs a lot of money unless you find people with skill sets to use their voice and to contribute free of charge. <laughs> that's that's a big vain moves <laughs> and i think that you might find plenty <laughs> in the community you would be willing to help <laughs> and if you're listening to this podcast and you're like wait what are they laughing about exactly there were gestures that you missed out on so, so i encourage you to join the live show friends or watch it on youtube or something Yo, we could we could talk ashes all day. Uh, this part right here. Ooh, there's a question. I got. I'm gonna hit on this one for the last one. Well, actually, two of them. Will there be daily login rewards? Possibly, yes. They are probably going to be limited monthly cosmetics for collectors. If you log in every day, you will get that cosmetic. If not, then you will never see it again. Okay. Yay or nay, guys, on that. That's um, I I like the idea, but I probably would say 
maybe not every single day just because you know people have mm-hmm. lives um but again i guess it's all a balance right how mu- how many cosmetics what is it you know what does it entail yeah. in order to do that can you just like pop in can you log in on your ashes of creation app i mean what are the what are the options there i don't know how i feel about that because that kind of gives me some vibes like of game being job Mm. (laughs) which i I, i'm not a fan of i mean definitely you know i want a game where i do have to put in some time in order to progress that's fine i mean i've done that before but having to log in every single day just to make sure i get a cosmetic i mean i would be that guy that would do that yeah i would i wouldn't be happy about it yeah this is our (laughs) artillery in chat Sorry, honey, we're not going on vacation this month. Really need dot, 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 dot. <laughs> and that's where the hammer comes down. Here's the second one from Cheryl. I have no issues with login rewards of some kind, as long as they keep holidays and such in mind, perhaps making sure any really, quote unquote, good stuff are not mu- mid-month as it were, so you're not losing out on really collectibles and nice rewards if you're on vacation. I agree with Cheryl. Indeed, mm-hmm. I my bad, my bad. <laughs> I I think that it's a it is a a tricky balance because I don't necessarily mind it, but I think that you have to ensure that it doesn't feel like work. Like you don't want that taxing feeling of like dailies and like I gotta log in every day. You don't want that to be the reason that people log in to play the game or to be in the game. You want them to log in because they're excited about it because they want to play it because of the content, because of the community. Um, So I think it's tricky. I don't necessarily think it's a bad idea. I just think you have to be cautious about how you go about doing it so that it doesn't veer in that direction. At least that's my opinion. You know? Yeah. Dread Katak had a good mm-hmm. idea here too. Maybe it's it. a subscriber award, not a login reward. And I like that idea too, right? Mm. There's kind of a loyalty factor to it. I mean, maybe you can say like if you log in at least like once in a month and you're a subscriber, then that might be a way to go too. Um, I don't know, but or just not something where you have to log Daily. in every single day. Every yeah. single day. Like reel it back and maybe once a week or something like that. Yeah, once a week or, yeah, at least, you know, a, a week in a month or something. I don't know. Yeah, I get that. Uh, this one right here in regard to the day and night cycle. When we look up at the stars, will the sky be static every night or will we get to see a variation in the night sky? In terms of bang for the buck, it's not a high priority. Oh, I don't, I don't think seeing something different every night is super important. I think that you can see the same things and just have it move. Like, you know, like the stars go like this, the moon, the stars, the, I mean, I think a lot of times if you just have that movement over the course of the night sky, and then aside from that, you have variations in the weather dynamics or lighting, you do that. I think you're good. You, I mean, weather's already in the game. I think weather alone is going to create a lot of variety around the day or night cycles, the seasons. I mean, it's a big thing we've talked about on the show and, you know, plenty of times in the community. But I think that's something to be mindful about. I mean, there's a lot of different, you know, we've got stuff on the the stats on gear, the values on stats on drop gear, be random to some degree for each item. For example, if I get a sword that's plus 80 stamina and then another time the same drop, with a plus 93 stamina, yes. They said individual item stats are variable, and the degree on which those stats change will indicate the rarity of that item. This applies to to the crafting system as well. The mastery level of the particular crafter will impact the crafted item stats. You can craft it all, but you can't master it all. You master one pathway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can be a jack of all trades. Yeah. But no, master of none. <laughs> but master of only one. Mm-hmm. And only master one. 
Yeah, so there's plenty of there's plenty of things on the plate and on the agenda, man. I mean, we've touched on plenty of these topics previously before, um, and yeah, we've gone through the transcript. We've looked over the videos here on the stream. Um, we've sh showcased some of that. We get plenty of. I I think for me the main the main takeaway was it's great to see footage from the testing, but to see them fighting the ancients with or without the the GM hacks that Steven likes to use when people are attacking him. Not, not me, just people. <laughs> when a lot of people try to attack him and they can't kill him because of GM hacks. I'm just saying. And you? <laughs> I was giving him a hard time, man. Look, man, they've, they've been putting a lot of work in, right? Steven and the team have been, yeah. they've kicked ass this year. Y'all. This is our last show of the year, friends. This is it. The next time we have our show, it's going to be 2021. My friends, um, I hope that I mean, Daedalus, Faisal, I hope you guys, if you if you celebrate the holiday, I hope you had a great Christmas. Um, I know my heart was full um, on Christmas for sure. I definitely feel very blessed this year. I have a, you know, a lot of great people in my life. Um, you know, this has been a, a really great year for a lot of reasons. And I think uh, I, I've been streaming every day, too. Right. So at the end of this year, Sim gets a bit of a break. And uh, the the end of the year, we actually unlocked an Alpha 2 pre-order pack funding. So that'll be given away here on the stream sometime between now and the 31st. Um, I'm going to have a big four more days. That's right. Four more days. And this, this guy has streamed 366 days straight. And I do intend on, on kind of sharing a lot of love and a lot of thanks to everybody and kind of reflecting on the really big moments that have kind of happened here this year, both on this show, both in the community personally. So if y'all are around and you want to drop by uh, at the end of the year on the 31st of January to kind of share in that for that particular stream, I definitely welcome y'all to do that. Um, we've come a long way with this show this year. Um, we've had a lot of great times on the show. We've covered a lot of content and Intrepid Studios has done a lot this year. And they have showcased a uh -huh. lot this year. So um, before we wind this down, uh, data list and phase, why don't you let everybody watching, listening, know your domains where they can find you. They want to catch you doing your stuff and things friends. All right. You can find me on Twitter at the Ashen Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash the Ashen Herald. You guys can find me on Twitch as Faisal 108 and on Twitter as bagel 108. <laughs> And everybody, this might be the end of this show today, and it might be the last show of this year. But, you know, I just want to remind all of you, whether you listen, you know, catch us live, uh, whether it's on YouTube, here on Twitch, it doesn't really matter. If you share in this journey, if you are part of this journey with us, you're here watching, contributing to the conversations, hell, even on the show, you are also an Ashes Pathfinder, right? Ashes Pathfinders are all of us, not just the ones on this round table every week. Really appreciate all the time you all have invested in hanging out with us. Um, you could be anywhere. You could be doing anything, but you spend your time here with us. And I know for myself, I, I greatly appreciate all of your time. And, um, you know, much love to you all. Much love to Intrepid Studios. And until next time, you all live your best lives. Walk in the light and have a great night, my friends. We'll see you next time. Happy New Year. Have a great night. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.